What is up everyone? It's Quinn here. And in this video, I'm going to be diving into my week nine running back start sets. So going through all 14 week nine matchups, talking about every fantasy relevant running back and listing them as either a start fringe option or a sit. The starts are going to be the running backs you feel comfortable firing up as your running back one or your running back two. The fringe options, these are going to be like in the RB3 territory. Um, guys that maybe a slide in as your running back two this week or your flex if you're desperate due to injuries or bye weeks and then the sits players that you'd prefer to keep on your bench. I'll have the wide receivers out today also if you guys are interested. And let's just dive right into the Thursday night matchup. We have the Titans taking on the Steelers. And Will Levis may have come in here and kind of given this Titans offense a little bit of a spark. Um, balled out in his rookie debut. So I think with Derrick Henry here, I mean, he was going to be a start regardless. But we saw him log a pretty solid fantasy day without even uh, getting into the end zone, which is good to see. So you fire up Derrick Henry as a start, sitting Tajay Spears. Then for the Steelers, they draw a tough matchup, and this backfield has just been pretty gross all season long. Najee and Warren, both pretty inefficient on the ground. The touchdown upside's just not going to be there. Factored in with a bad matchup against the Titans, definitely going to be fading both of those guys. I have them as sits. Now shifting over to Sunday, we're going to start it off with the Dolphins taking on the Chiefs. And for the Dolphins, I feel like Raheem Mostert has been a little bit underwhelming since Devon Achan has gone down. I feel like a lot of people, including myself, thought that he was just going to smash with Achan out. That definitely hasn't happened, but I still think he's someone you fire up as a locked-in start, whether it's like a back-end running back one or a high-end running back two. Still think he is definitely playable moving forward. And then going to be sitting Jeff Wilson and Salvin Ahmed. Neither one of those guys has really kind of locked in that running back two role, so they're both not super relevant at this point for fantasy. On the other side with the Chiefs, I'm going to have Isaiah Pacheco as a start. I know he kind of disappointed last week. It seemed like it was going to be a smash spot for him. Going up against the Broncos, Chiefs were big favorites. Broncos had allowed the most fantasy points per game to the running back position. Unfortunately, the Chiefs offense struggled. Pacheco did not have a great fantasy day, but I think you just go back to the well and fire him up as a weekly running back too. Then looking at the Vikings-Falcons matchup, for the Vikings here, Madison did kind of regain firm control of the running back one snaps. He had a 61% snap share, 56% route participation. He saw 17 opportunities compared to Cam Akers' 10. The Kirk Cousins injury is definitely going to be a hit for all of these weapons, including the running backs, so not great there. We also saw Cam Akers get into the end zone, so not a great look for uh, Alexander Madison, because even if he's dominating the opportunities, you would like to see him get those touchdowns. He draws a tough matchup here against the Falcons, who have allowed the third fewest points per game to the running back position. So I think Madison's like a running back three. The loss of Kirk combined with the tough matchup and just the fact that this running back room could seemingly flip at any point. That's why I have him as a fringe option, but I do think he's the better option. And then going to be sitting Cam Akers. Then for the Falcons, we finally got to see Bijan back after the weird like headache game where he didn't really play. So came in, played his normal role. Hasn't been like on a tear recently for fantasy, but I still think you fire him up as like a solid running back one. And then sitting Tyler Algier, their uh, running back two. Then looking at the Seahawks taking on the Ravens. So this Seahawks backfield was kind of interesting. We had Kenneth Walker dealing with a calf injury throughout the week. So we didn't know if he'd be good to go for this game. Walker ended up being active and did play in week eight. Um, but we actually saw Zach Chabernet come in. He outsnapped Kenneth Walker and he ran more routes. Now I feel like that's you know, pretty likely due to the injury with his calf. They probably didn't want to run him too hard. He was good enough to play, but no need to like force it when you have a solid running back to Zach Charbonnet. 
So I do think that Walker should regain the role, assuming he's pretty healthy heading into week nine. But we also had Pete Carroll really hyping up Zach Charbonnet. I thought Charbonnet would have had a bigger impact earlier on in the season, but maybe he's starting to carve out a role. I still think you go with Kenneth Walker as a start, but if Zach Charbonnet is out there on waivers, he needs to get picked up, definitely gaining some steam potentially in this offense. Now on the other side with the Ravens, Gus Edwards coming off of a massive three touchdown game. His role is somewhat limited in this offense, but I think he's going to be a weekly, probably back end running back two moving forward. Next game is going to be between the Cardinals and the Browns. Now for the Cardinals here, this backfield's kind of been all over the place since James Conner went down. In the first game without Conner, we saw Keontae Ingram and Damian Williams split the touches. Then last week, we saw DeMarcado come in and just completely dominate the opportunities. It was pretty much their locked-in workhorse. They kind of scaled back his usage this week, still led the team clearly in touches um, and opportunities, but we saw Keontae Ingram kind of slide in, take a lot of the two-minute drill snaps. So DeMarcado wasn't the locked-in workhorse we saw in week seven, but I still think he's a fringe option this week leading that backfield, sitting Keontae Ingram. Then for the Browns, another kind of gross running back room here. We didn't really know if Jerome Ford was going to be able to give it a go in this game. I think the initial report after week seven was that he was going to be out for like two plus weeks. That obviously did not happen because he didn't miss a single game. Came back in week eight. He was active. Um, So maybe he was somewhat limited in this game, but this backfield really just turned into like a three-headed committee. We had Kareem Hunt, Jerome Ford, and Pierre Strong. All three of those dudes played between 24 and 27 snaps, and then all three ran 10 or 11 routes. Kareem Hunt saw 15 opportunities. Ford and Strong both saw 11. So pretty even distribution of the opportunities and snaps among these three guys. I think right now I'd slightly favor Kareem Hunt out of the three just because he was the guy who took the two goal line snaps. It is a solid matchup against the Cardinals, but it's tough to feel great about any of these three. I have Kareem Hunt as the one fringe option, but I could see an argument for maybe Jerome Ford kind of gaining some work because he was potentially limited coming into this game. Maybe he steps back into like the running back one role in a committee but it seems like Pierre Strong is going to be involved and he's here to stay, which in general is just going to be a hit to uh, all three of these running backs for the Browns. Then looking at the Rams-Packers matchup, two kind of gross uh, running back rooms at this point. Starting off with the Rams, we actually saw Daryl Henderson play fewer snaps and run less routes than Royce Freeman, but he still led the backfield in both carries and targets. Henderson had 15 opportunities to nine for Freeman, so I still think he's the guy you want to roll with here as the fringe option. The Packers have allowed the fifth most points per game to the running back position, so I do prefer Henderson over Freeman this week. Now, looking at the Packers, unfortunately, Aaron Jones just hasn't been healthy enough to like consistently log solid usage this season. This was pretty much a 50-50 split between A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. If he can stay healthy, you'd assume he continues to kind of build on his role because I think most people would agree he's the better running back in that running back room. But I also feel like at this point, The Packers offense has not been playing well enough to fully trust Aaron Jones with his current usage. So if this sticks around a 50-50 split, I don't think you can throw Aaron Jones in as like a locked in running back two or running back one. So I have him here as a fringe option, probably going to be like a high-end running back three this week. Hopefully he improves on that workload, but definitely have to be a little weary at this point, especially with the Rams who have allowed the sixth fewest points per game to the running back position. Not like this is a smash matchup or anything either. So Aaron Jones is a fringe option. AJ Dillon as a sit. That's going to lead us into the Buccaneers taking on the Texans. For the Buccaneers, Rashad White continues to dominate the opportunities. Has actually seen a really nice uptick in his receiving involvement over the last two weeks. So you fire him up as a nice running back too. 
Then for the Texans here, Damian Pierce and Devin Singletary were pretty much in like a dead even 50-50 split. Both these running backs saw 12 opportunities. The reason why I have Pierce as a fringe option and Singletary as a sit um, is because Pierce continues to be involved on the goal line, which I do think in theory makes him more valuable. Now, he hasn't really been able to convert on the goal line. He was stopped like right at the one a couple times in the game on Sunday. Um, I think he actually got in one time and it got called back for a hold or something. So he really hasn't been able to capitalize on those goal line looks, but I still think it makes him the better option week to week. So he's a fringe play. Singletary is going to be a sit. Then looking at the commanders taking on the Patriots for Brian Robinson, I have him as a start, probably like a back end running back to this week. On the positive side for B-Rob here, Chris Rodriguez didn't play a single snap in this game. Last week, he kind of came out of nowhere, took seven carries, which is directly cutting into Brian Robinson's role. So good for B-Rob that Rodriguez wasn't involved in this game, but still kind of slightly underwhelming usage once again, 10 carries, two targets. Like I said, I think he's more of a back end running back too, but you got to feel at least a little bit disappointed because he started off so hot with two huge workload games definitely cooled off since then. And then sitting Antonio Gibson, he did actually outsnap Brian Robinson, but just, you know, very few opportunities for Antonio Gibson. Then looking at the Patriots, I feel like we kind of know what we're getting at this point out of this backfield. Ramondre is going to be the running back one, but Zeke is going to be involved, especially on the early downs. He's going to take some carries. So Ramondre is not going to have that upside. We potentially thought early on in the season or like preseason where he's going to have this huge workload, but he's like going to be a weekly running back too for you. So nothing crazy. We kind of know what we have at this point. The next game is going to be the Bears taking on the Saints. Talked about the uh, Browns three-headed committee. Bears were also rolling out one of their own. Uh, Johnson, Foreman, and Evans all saw between eight and 11 opportunities. We had Evans actually play the fewest snaps, but he was the guy who took the majority of the goal line looks. So just a very, very gross, ugly backfield. You want to stay away from it at this point. Could be getting Khalil Herbert back soon which would muddy the waters even more. No Justin Fields definitely would just be sitting all these Bears running backs. Then for the Saints, obviously you're firing up Alvin Kamara. Dude has been on a tear since coming back from his suspension. Jamal Williams and Kendra Miller are filtering in, but really not enough to uh, have any pause with firing up Kamara as a nice play. It's kind of weird because it seemed like heading into the season, the Saints didn't want to give Kamara a huge workload just based on their offseason moves, signing Jamal Williams, drafting Kendra Miller on day two. And then I guess they just went back on that because they are firing that dude up with some massive workload games. Next up is going to be the Colts taking on the Panthers and definitely got to talk about this Colts backfield here. It looked like early on in the uh, week eight game that JT was really going to kind of expand his role, really start to break out this week. We had Moss dealing with an elbow and heel injury coming into the game. So we didn't even know if he was going to be good to go, you know, before pregame for the Colts. And then Jonathan Taylor was used very heavily in the first half. So it seemed like, all right, this was the opportunity. Moss was banged up. JT is going to pull away here. Then in the second half, the Colts almost went entirely with Zach Moss. And originally I thought it had to do with some sort of injury because why wouldn't you have Jonathan Taylor out there for the most important snaps? It reportedly was not an injury. They just decided to ride the hot hand with Zach Moss. Now, to me, it seems strange to go out, pay up big money for a running back and then you're going to use them in a 50-50 split and not even use them in the second half. I just think that's a little bit confusing in my opinion, but it is what it is. The Colts have clearly wanted to use these two in a split. Jonathan Taylor ended with 14 opportunities. Zach Moss had 12. 
like I said, it seems like they're committed to getting both of these guys involved. It's a nice matchup here against the Panthers, who have allowed the second most points per game to the running back position. So I think if both of these guys are going to be given solid workloads, I do think they're both startable. I do favor Jonathan Taylor just because I think he's the straight up better player. And the fact that I think he has more of an opportunity to run away with this backfield compared to Zach Moss. Like the odds of JT taking 60, 70% of the opportunities, at least in my opinion, seems way more likely than Zach Moss just going out there and all of a sudden taking a decent chunk of this backfield. On the other side with the Panthers, Chuba Hubbard has come in and completely taken over this backfield. It's not like he's gone out and had great production. Miles Sanders just really was pretty ineffective early on in the season, and it seems like he has now lost that starting job. Hubbard had a 67% snap share, 53% route participation. Miles Sanders is honestly like borderline droppable at this point. I still think you hold on to him because I don't think this usage is set in stone, but Chuba Hubbard taking 17 opportunities, that's a significant workload. There's no guarantee he holds on to it, but he's definitely the running back that you should want and feel decent about starting this week against the Colts. Then looking at the Giants-Raiders matchup, obviously you're starting Saquon Barkley, and obviously you are starting Josh Jacobs. Next up, we're going to have the Cowboys taking on the Eagles. I think both of these starting running backs are also locked in starts. Tony Pollard, I'd say, has been a little bit disappointing. The workload has been there. The weird thing is like his efficiency has kind of fallen off, which is what he was so great at in previous seasons, but still going to be a weekly running back one. Eagles, DeAndre Swift, fire him up as a start sitting Kenneth Gainwell. Sunday Night Football, Bills taking on the Bengals. I think in a week with all 16 teams playing, James Cook could potentially be a fringe option, but with the four teams on by, I do think he's startable as like a back-end running back too. He is still leading this backfield in terms of opportunities. The concerning part for me is the lack of receiving usage. Also seems like they're going to be adding Leonard Fournette. Don't know how big of a role he's going to play, so I still think James Cook is the guy you want here, but definitely disappointing over the last few weeks. And then for the Bengals, we finally saw a solid Joe Mixon game. The usage has been there. It was just a matter of time before he kind of got into the end zone, put together a solid fantasy day. And then the final game of the week, don't get too fancy with it. You fire up Austin Eckler, you fire up Brees Hall. Seemed like some people were kind of starting to fade away from Austin Eckler. He had a big bounce back game. Both these guys kind of inefficient days on the ground, but both of them killed it in the receiving department. So lock those dudes in as starts. And that's going to wrap it up for my uh, week nine running back start sits. If you guys enjoyed the video, hit the like button, subscribe to the channel. Hopefully it helped you go out there, set your lineups for week nine. Check out the wide receivers if you are interested. Thank you for stopping by and I will see you in the next one.